We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Rob McConnell, and welcome to the X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Today on the X-Zone, contacting the dead by phone. Can you contact the dead by phone? Thomas Edison kept his machines secret until they were patented, so little is known about what he may have planned but never completed. However, in 1941, a blueprint was found in New York for a telephone to contact the dead, and this was allegedly to have been Edison's plan. It may have well been a fraud. However, in any case, a model was made from the design, but unfortunately, it didn't work. Contacting the dead? Fact or fiction? The quest continues in the X-Zone. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talk Star Radio Network, Star Cable, and the Exxon Broadcast Network. 
toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. We're going to be talking about history's mysteries this hour. My special guest is Brian Houghton. And Brian is author and researcher on the subjects of historic megalithic sites, ancient sacred places, and supernatural folklore. The the first of his four books, Hidden History, Lost Civilizations, Secret Knowledge, and Ancient Mysteries, has been translated into nine languages. Brian long ago fell from the lure of the ancient world and takes uh, and tales of the supernatural, initially inspired by visiting the Neolithic chamber tombs of the Cotswold Hills in England. He currently lives in Greece, where we're talking to him now live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Brian, welcome to the Exxon. Congratulations on a great book. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Brian, um, tell us a little bit about the... The, the inspiration behind writing History's Mysteries? Well, really the main inspiration is are the new archaeological discoveries which are being made every day um, across the world. Um, people are finding things on a daily basis, interesting things, and um, even places like Stonehenge that we thought we knew everything about um, recently, a few months ago, the excavators found another stone circle about half a mile away from Stonehenge, and then a few months later they found that Stonehenge at one stage had been surrounded by a hedge, so you wouldn't actually have been able to see it from outside. Mm. And it's stuff like this that gets me interested in it, because I think these ancient places are constantly um, throwing up new meanings, new information, and we're learning all the time. There's, there's no final theories about most of them, I think. When we come back, Brian, we're going to be talking about your book, Histories, Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time. So I look forward to sharing the next hour with you here in the X-Zone, www.brian-houghton.com. His website will be on our podcast site. All you'll be able to do is click there. It'll bring you right to either Brian's podcast of tonight's show or his website. It's that simple here at the X-Zone. And I'll be back talking more about history's mysteries. I love these kind of historical shows where we actually go back in time because I believe the answers of today and where we'll be tomorrow are actually back in the sands of time. 1-800-610-7035, toll-free worldwide. Email exxon at com On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our websites, com. That is for the Exxon Radio TV show. For Paragators, www.paragators.org. And our store www.xzonestore.com Great merchandise. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. 
Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. going to give the entire Exxon Nation something to talk about this hour. We're speaking with Brian Houghton, and uh, we're talking to Brian. He's in Greece. We're in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. He's the author of History's Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time. His website is www.brian-houghton.com. And uh, Brian, uh, with all these new discoveries that are happening, as you said, on a daily basis, how is this going to change our perception of history, and how will this affect our future? Um, I think um, one of the main ways is the way that um, new discoveries are being um, examined by science. I guess the best mm-hmm. uh, example would be DNA analysis. And For example, um, I know they did a, an experiment in ex-Phoenician colonies in Europe, places like Malta and North Africa. And they did DNA analysis on um, the inhabitants of these ex-Phoenician colonies well over 2,000 years after the Phoenicians had left. And they found that there were still traces of their DNA in in the local population. So basically after 2,000 years, you still had... um, the remnants of the Phoenician colonies um, physically existing, the DNA was still there, present. So I think it shows that we can actually, even with the material we've got, because of um, new investigative techniques like DNA studies, Mm -hmm. we can actually get more material from what we already have, never mind what we're finding um, on a daily basis. So I think that... um, the possibilities really are endless for what for what we can find out about the past now, really. We were talking very briefly about Stonehenge, and I don't think there's a person on this planet who has access to the internet, television, or radio who does not know what Stonehenge, Stonehenge is. But what have the recent discoveries told archaeologists, scientists, and historians like yourself about, about Stonehenge and its use and what it really was? I think one of the main things that those discoveries have shown is that it, its use changed over time. I mean, it was 
fully functional mm-hmm. for 15, 1600 years. And it began, well, it certainly began before the stones were there as a series of um, pits which um, contained um, burials, cremations, and there were hundreds of burials found there. Then the first stones, the lower stones, were set up and it had some ritual significance. And when the larger the larger stones were put in place, it, it became attached to the sunrise, sunset, the solstice. And during this period, it was rebuilt so many times, the plan is very confusing. But I think that it was always some kind of centre of the dead. And I think that um, it, it's not, it doesn't stand alone. It stands in an area of, of many, many archaeological sites, which I think it was connected with. So we have theories of the dead were transported from another site a couple of miles away and laid to rest in Stonehenge, not necessarily buried there. And that it functioned as some kind of temple. And this discovery of the hedge surrounding it later in its life would suggest that it was at one stage only the elite would be able to go inside or even see inside. So I think that with Stonehenge it was always changing as the as the population, as the culture probably changed. It was seen in a different way throughout its 1500 years of existence. It would seem, Brian, that throughout the history of humans there has been a fascination with death and What's what, if anything, survives death? As as a as an archaeologist, historian, and scientist, have you found this throughout your studies? Yes, I think so. I think, um, and one reason for this is that um, temples, monuments for the dead, tend to have been built in stone, mm-hmm. whereas houses were built of wood, straw, things like this. So. What survives are the monuments. It's a bit like um, very elaborate churches being built, but while the poor still live in badly constructed wooden houses, I think it was similar then. So what we have left is perhaps not a very accurate um, representation of what once existed, but certainly the stone monuments, you can't escape. They were always yes. to do with death and burial and what was what happened at the afterlife. And, from Egypt to England to Greece to the States, I think you can't avoid it. I think um, much like today, the ancients were fascinated by what exactly happened, and they tried to explain it in um, in their monuments, using their monuments of stone. I would imagine that one of the most recent monuments to death in stone would be the Taj Mahal, because that is exactly what it is, isn't it? It's 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 a it's a it's a monument to a a lady who died. It is. It's a monument, um, as you say, a rather recent monument. It was built in the 1650s, um, and it was actually built by some of the best architects in India. It was very well organized, and it was built. For the Emperor Shah Jahan's wife, uh, her name was Montaz Mahal, um, which is where you get the name Taj Mahal. And um, there was a lot of folklore and myth about how all the, the workmen who saw it, it was so glorious that their eyes had to be gouged out so they wouldn't see anything better. 
and things like that, and the amount of marble and semi-precious stone which was built into it. But it is a huge, again, a huge monument to, to death. And the uh, the tombs of the emperor and um, his wife are located inside inside the structure. And then, of course, we see the same types of uh, monuments to death in Egypt in the pyramids. Um, where else around the world have you found, or other archaeologists and historians found, these these unbelievable um, tributes to death? I guess you have them. Um, you have the, the many, many chambered tombs um, in in your the megalithic tombs of England, um, France, Ireland, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and Central Europe as well, where um, again well over 5,000 years old and which were built not as graves as such because I don't think um, the same thing was going on. I think that these kind of chambered tombs were more like a mixture between a tomb and a temple and some kind of rituals seem to have gone on in the forecourts of these tombs. There are traces of ancient fires and pieces of bone, etc. So I think they had a completely different outlook on death where the bones were, the bodies were placed inside the tombs and perhaps they were taken out later and another ritual performed, the tomb was closed, then opened again. Uh, I think it wasn't as final perhaps as death is seen as now. I think it was more of a continuous journey then. And I, I don't think tomb is the right word to describe uh, a lot of the, not only the pyramids, but uh, the Neolithic, uh, megalithic, structures in Europe um, and, and in the Near East as well. So I think they had many, many functions. Temple tombs, I guess, mm. would be the best way to describe them. Have you uh, seen any any common threads between all of these temples around the world? No. Not, the only common thing, I, I guess, is the human need to... Um, look for something beyond death and the limits of working in stone. Mm-hmm. So most temples are going to have, sorry, most tombs are going to have um, a similar shape, a similar structure. If you need um, a passageway and you need chambers to put the bodies in, megalithic tombs are going to be pretty much the same from India to Ireland, I think. So there are similarities, um, but I think they come from... Um, uh, similar needs and similar materials that the people were working with. How 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 accurate is the history that we know now with all the changes that have been, or with all the discoveries over the past 20, 30 years? When we look back in history, are we seeing the real history or are we seeing the history as it was known at that time? But there have been so many changes because of the discoveries, recent discoveries. Uh, yeah. How, how yeah, do you, recent dis- Sorry. No, go right ahead, sir. Um, I think what what recent discoveries are doing, and um, the internet also, is making, because it's so slow to get a book published compared mm-hmm. to st- putting stuff on the internet, a lot of books are becoming out of date very, very quickly. So if you want to know about these uh, these latest discoveries at Stonehenge, you're not going to read about them in the book for a, f- for a few years, but they're on the website straight away. So I think that um, even by the time um, publications catch up, there'll be more new things. So I think the internet can help 
keeping keeping us up to date with exactly what's going on with, with ancient sites, ancient structures. Um, but as as is the case in Egypt, they have too much already excavated to store and examine, and it's just they're just it's not worth them carrying out too many more excavations because they just have nowhere to put it and they don't have the money to preserve it. So I think we'll probably have more research on what we already have in the future rather than trying to dig around and find more stuff. Brian, please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Brian Houghton is our special guest. He's the author of... Uh, of a, of a book that I found very interesting, and uh, you know, it's one of these books that you pick it up, you're going to read it with a cup of coffee, and six cups of coffee is later, and you're halfway through the book. It's a great book. It's got some uh, super pictures in it. Gives you a lot of food for thought. www.brian-houghton.com. The name of his book is Mystery uh, Histories, Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time. And once again, his website is www.brian-houghton.com. Brian and I return on the other side of this commercial break after the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. Whatever you do, don't go away. You know why? Because we're going to be back right after this news break. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. So, I went back to the doctors because when I needed a second opinion, and I went back and told him he was a good doctor, but he wasn't there. I got some woman in a white coat standing there. I said, excuse me, but who are you? She said, I'm a nurse practitioner. I said, you mean you're practicing being a nurse? She said, no, 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 not quite like that. No, I am a qualified nurse. I said, oh, then why do they call you a practitioner? Because you're practicing on me. I'm not sure I want that. She said, no, 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 no. Nurse practitioners allowed to give you prescriptions, help you with minor surgeries, and all that kind of thing. I, you know, and I take care of you when the doc's not around. She said, we're going to become really popular. I said, well, blimey, somebody like you is going to be really popular. Let me tell you. Oh, she said, she got offended with that. So I said, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. But now I know what a nurse practitioner is, don't I? 
Remember that nurse practitioner, they're the future. Find a good one. For more information on Alfie and Jeff Knott, visit www.navigatingthehealthcaremaze.com. That's www.navigatingthehealthcaremaze.com. Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the Exome. Hi, this is Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, I'm Laura Sabrin of Cease to Fields Organic Vineyard in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. Explanation, my guest this hour is Brian Houghton. His website is www.brian-houghton.com. That's B-R-I-A-N hyphen H-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. He's the author of Histories, Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time. Uh, some of the uh, chapters, Exonation, include, let me see, chapter, uh, for example, uh, da, 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 chapter four is the Cape Sioux Union in Greece, and then Solomon's Temple, and uh, let me see, we, uh, he also covers uh, the great Zimbabwe in South Africa, and then it's, there. you know, that was under the mysterious places, and then you go to unexplained artifacts, and then enigmatic people. I have to ask you this, Brian, about Merlin the Magician. Um, well, I wrote about, in my first book, I wrote about King Arthur, mm-hmm. and uh, I just felt that uh, Merlin was just almost as interesting because he's one of those semi-mythical, semi-real people that, uh, I guess, mainly because of the stuff like the Harry Potter films and that, it's kind of, people see as totally fictional, but I think uh, Merlin was partly based on uh, historical uh, 4th century AD figure in England. Um, but he kind of mixed together with the typical wizard, the archetypal wizard, uh, magician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just fascinated by the combination of these two things um, in, the, in Dark Age Britain when there's not much, not too much information archaeologically or from text. So, yeah, Merlin, Merlin, King Arthur's Merlin um, is, is a fascinating figure. So, was Merlin really a magician? What you know, did he was he in the court of King Arthur? And the stories that we've heard about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and Merlin, uh, the taking uh, taking the the sword out of the stone, was this all true, or is it myth and truth combined to make folklore? It, it, it is a combination of. Um, myth and truth, and I think Merlin is really um, 
a combination of about three different characters in one. Um, one of these um, was certainly uh, probably a probably Scottish kind of wild man of the woods who made prophecies and things like this and lived in the woods. Uh, there was certainly um, a 4th century war leader who may have been based partly on Merlin. And there are Welsh Celtic poems of the 4th, 6th century that mention a Merlin as a kind of advisor to to the king who, who gave prophecies, etc. So I think it, we don't have a, a single historical person. We have a combination of three or four different characters from that time. Um, I think things like the sword in the stone were added later by French romance writers, 12th, 13th century. Um, and I don't think there's too much truth in those. Um, they were kind of just the embroidery round story that already existed, but um, as, as was the round table, I think. But um, it's not too far-fetched to imagine uh, an advisor of the king who supposedly had uh, supernatural powers. What can you tell me about the mound builders in the United States? Sorry, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry, the mound builders builders here in the United States. There are mounds... Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, again, we're talking a bit more, bit more recent now. Um, um, so what you have in, the, in North America, anyway, uh, I think right across the the country from the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico are um, a series of various shapes, sizes of mounds, mm -hmm. uh, the, the earliest of which goes back to around 3000 BC. And the most recent, I think, was still being built um, in the 16th century when the, uh, when the Spanish arrived. And the mystery is, I think, about the mounds across the, across the state are that some of them um, contain burials, some of them contain nothing, some are in the shape of animals, insects, etc. Some of them seem to be aligned to constellations, some of them not. And I think they reflect really the, the many different Native American tribes who built them. And I think that, um, uh, again, there's not one explanation, there's not one function that every single mound had. And I mean, the size of them tells you that some are like 100 feet high, some are 20 feet high. So I think the area which they cover is so vast and the different Native American tribes who built them um, so varied that I think there are bound to be differences among the way they were used, how they were built. Uh, so they're the mounds, really. Is there any proof or any sign in any of the archaeological evidence that you or other archaeologists have discovered around the world of visitors from other planets? No. Now, if there would have been visitations from other planets, extraterrestrials, aliens, would they not have been depicted in the great archaeological finds that we've discovered around the world? Um... I don't know. I've never thought about it, to be honest. Would you say that, based based on history and archaeology, that our fascination with 
visitors from another planet are are very recent? I think um, the fascination with visitors in spaceships landing here is very recent, but I think the fascination with kind of more spiritual beings from the stars is probably a very ancient um, concept. Uh, what we've done, I think, in the past uh, few decades mm-hmm. is trying to uh, is trying to insist it's a physical re- reality with physical machines, um, pr- probably reflecting our uh, 21st, 20th and 21st century obsession with technology and machines. And I think we project that back into the ancient world and, and thinking, well, they must have been arriving then in machines as well. Um, mm. Which, well, besides there being no evidence for, I, I think it's whatever is depicted is usually a spiritual um, concept rather than any physical reality. Over the years, and based on the archaeological evidence that 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 has been found, Brian, has spirituality, has religion kept up with the progress and the evolution uh, evolution of humans? Um, I think that, um, first of all, I think uh, religion has to come to terms with scientific discoveries. I don't think that can be uh, disputing. I know mm-hmm. Christianity, Christianity was saying right up into the end of the 19th century that the world, according to the Bible, did not go further back than 4,006 or 4,004 or something like that. And then there were more archaeological archaeological discoveries showing that it was much, much further back and much, much further back. So I, I think that uh, religion really really has to work with science rather than be against it and sticking to sticking literally to the Bible, for example, in Christianity. What was the most um, awe-inspiring find that you included in your in your book that that I must say is one of the best books I've read on History's Mysteries, and I, I love the titles History's Mystery, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time. What was the, what was the one that you, you included that said, wow, this, this is truly fascinating? I mean, they're all fascinating, but that one, that mm. one that really, that really got you. Well, I do, I do like these strange golden hats, um, and I really hadn't, didn't know much about them uh, until I uh, researched them. Mm-hmm. And they really, literally, they look like huge gold witches' hats. I mean, that's what they look like. Um, and they may well have been this. The thing is, they go back, they date back, and they were found in uh, Central Europe and Germany. There's, there's about four or five times. And they all date back to about 3,000 years. And they're very, very slightly built with gold foil in the shape of hats, or perhaps if turned upside down, some kind of vibration vessel. And they've, they've been found in various, various places, 19th, 20th century, none in archaeological excavations. And they have really no parallels anywhere else in the world. There are four or five of them. And they really, they may have been 
wrapped around some kind of wizard or witch's hat. They may have been mm-hmm. wrapped around a drinking vessel. But they only come from this these, this part of Central Europe. And I think they are called in some literature witches' hats, and it is what they look like. They have symbols engraved onto them. But my my curiosity is why there's none from anywhere else, and there's not really anything similar. And there's a black and white photo in my book which shows one, and they are very tall. They'd be difficult mm-hmm. to wear as a hat. So. And I don't know whether they were just something that hasn't survived or something that a few local tribes made and they never caught on or something. But this this is one thing that fascinates me, the gold witches' hats. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this question, uh, Brian, so please, if this is outside of your field of expertise or you don't feel comfortable answering it, please just just let me know. Uh, We're coming to December the 21st, 2012. People are looking at doom and gloom because people who have better nothing better to do with their time well this is my own interpretation of it are, are talking about the end of the world based on the mayan calendar and i was wondering if you as an archaeologist have any comment on that i haven't thought too much about this all i have when i read about the mayan calendar is that i interpret it I interpreted this date as the end of a cycle, mm-hmm. the beginning of a new cycle. I didn't interpret it as the, you know, the destruction of the world. I, I, what kind of cycle? I'm not sure, but I remember reading about the, the main calendar and thinking, well, it surely is indicating the end of the end of a certain cycle mm-hmm. and the beginning of another cycle. Whether it's a different cycle, a more spiritual cycle, or something like, that, I'm not sure. But that was my interpretation of it's kind of, um, I wouldn't say the end of the old order, but the end of a certain right. kind of lifestyle. And whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that was my interpretation. I also look at it at well. It's December. It's uh, you know, it's December the thirty-first. It's time to get rid of this year's calendar and put up the new one. <laughs> how about the how about Atlantis? Is there any archaeological? Evidence to substantiate the claims that, once again, many people believe about the tailed or the fabled continent of Atlantis. Well, I think um, again, it's a bit of a mixture. Plato um, wrote about Atlantis mm-hmm. uh, in, excuse me, in the um, in the fourth century, right, three sixty BC, and. Um, as a kind of a moral tale, but I know that um, it's about there's a site about about 50 miles less, 40 miles away from here called Heliki, which was um, the victim of a terrible earthquake. There are still earthquakes in the area now, and um, it was a, a wealthy Greek city, a fourth century BC Greek city that was completely destroyed. Um, just about the time, roughly about the time of um, Plato, a bit later. And I think this may have been part of his inspiration. Oh. You know, it's pretty close to, not too far from Athens. And I think um, it was literally wiped out. There's nothing there now at all. You might go past it regularly and it's just a flat plain by the sea. Brian, um, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. We'll be right, bra- okay. right back. Wow. Brian Houghton is our special guest. He's the author of History's Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time, 
brian-houghton.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors, about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. is our special guest exon nation he is the author of a book that you will love to read it'll be a it's one of these books that will go on your library shelf and you'll watch something on tv you'll go get brian's book down and you'll say all right okay oh that's that's right that's what i thought he said the name of the book is histories mysteries people places and oddities lost in the sands of time his website is www.brian-houghton.com that's b-r-i-a-n then there's a dash or a hyphen, whatever you want to call it. H-A-U-G-H-T-O-N dot com. As always, Brian, great talking to you. Um, with all the advances in technology, can you just give us a little bit of a taste or a little bit of an idea what archaeologists and scientists are, are, are looking forward at discovering in the near future? Um, I guess um, I guess with, it's going to be something working with material they already have from mm-hmm. sites, and uh, hopefully, um, this is what I would like to see: um, if they could reconstruct, if they could get DNA from Neanderthals and reconstruct—I um, don't mean literally build on, but um, reconstruct a, a Neanderthal mm-hmm. just. To see what they look like, really. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? Simple thing, but yeah. Um, because we keep getting told they were, you know, like apes. They were more intelligent than us, less intelligent than us. Various things. And I just, I just think, I wonder how far off the technology is for, for us to be able to use DNA to reconstruct an entire Neanderthal. Brian. Uh... What are you going to be up to next? Uh, what's your next project? And uh, any more books coming out? 
Um, that's it for my for books. What I'm working on now is, is uh, it, I've started to research it. It's not in stone yet. Is um, the conspiracy theories attached to the Manson family? Ooh, it's a bit of a bit. I've always been fascinated, and I, I think it's because they scare me so much. I'm wanting <laughs> to look into it a bit. <laughs> and there are a lot of really odd conspiracies that tie in with a lot of other things. There's all sorts of CIA plots oh, yeah. and um, say, satanic cult. Stuff like, uh, you know, Manson was a patsy, all this stuff. And there's, mm-hmm. um, there is so much that it, I think it's worth trying anyway to see if my publisher will accept an idea for well, a book um, about this. Well, Brian, I, I hope that you keep us in mind if there's anything new that pops up in the world of archaeology that you'd like sure. to get around the world. And I wish you continued success. And as a person who loves history as much as I do. Thank you very much for this great work that you've put out called Histories, Mysteries, People, Places, and Oddities Lost in the Sands of Time. And thank you very much for staying up this late all the way in Greece. Thanks for having me. It's been great. It's been my great pleasure. Take care of yourself, Brian. And you. All right. Brian Houghton, ExoNation, www.brian-houghton.com. That's www.brian.com brian-houghton.com the name of his book one more time is histories mysteries people places and oddities lost in the sands of time you've got to love a book that is well researched well written and makes sense and you can find all these three factors in histories mysteries i'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the exxon continues we're right here live and around the world on the talk star radio network Star Cable and Exxon Broadcast Network. We'll be back. Don't go away. But I do. Don't know that I will, but I... Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. 